Hello, sir. That's the 2008 fully loaded, you know? If, you, uh, if you're actually looking, I could probably get you a pretty good deal. I'm not shopping for a car, but thank you. <laughs> I know. I was just playing around. Sorry I haven't called you back. Yeah, that's been a bit, it's been a bit much. It's uh, 10, 10 calls, 10 messages, no call back. What's up with that? I didn't know what to do. I mean... Yeah, probably called too much. I don't really know what the rules are either in this exact situation. I guess it's like a one-night thing, and then probably called a couple too many Jason, times, but how you been? I'm pregnant. Yeah. That's impossible. Jason, I'm pregnant. So, <laughs> uh, those are some pretty big words to <laughs> throw at a character who is certainly not expecting to be a daddy. Uh, I didn't see this twist coming, and I'm guessing you didn't see it either. Not at first, but when she's just kind of squirming around and giving him an annoyed look when he's talking, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> One Night Stand comes back to haunt you, Jason. Right. I mean, yes, I did. I had the same, you know, inclination once she started to kind of get that look on her face. But in terms of the, just the general announcement and the big twist here uh, that she's pregnant, I didn't see it coming. And nope. Look, other shows, other shows have done this in the past. Okay, we've we've seen it before. It's it's not an uncommon trope by any measure. However, with this show, they did the smart thing, right? They they had them hook up, right? And then she just disappeared, and that was it. Yeah, and, it's a one night stand. Right, it, you know. One of the smart things they, they did is they didn't reference her a whole bunch or anything. Like, it wasn't like, oh, let's keep reminding you about this character because in a few episodes she's going to come back. No, they didn't do that at all. And it was really smart. Couple that with the fact that we know that, that Jason, or at least we thought, and rightly so, <laughs> like Jason, that he couldn't, you know, have kids. That, you know, the, the fact that he could even, you know, have sex in any way was actually an achievement. So again, apparently his sperm is as athletic as he was. <laughs> it made its way up the river. <laughs> That's about as descriptive as we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this was a pretty big thing, and it was a, it was well done. I think these twists can often uh, make you roll your eyes just because. They're often done in a way where you know full well what's coming. You know, they just do it. They do it in a way where, like, two characters hook up on a show, and I, I'm pretty sure, right from the moment that they're done, that she's going to be pregnant in a few episodes. Yeah, so. and I was definitely on the side of Herc's thinking this, this episode for, you know, like, 
being, you should get tested, a DNA test, make sure you're the father, and would she just want money from you? Like, that was my first thought, too. It was like, oh god, she's just gonna ask her, I don't know, money or something like that. She probably doesn't want Jason to be in the picture at all, but I was happy that, you know, they didn't take that route, and, you know, she's actually having some genuine reactions to this that's, you know... Uh, a mix of being like completely terrified and with a little bit of hopefulness too at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I I would have hated it if her character would have turned out to be some kind of like con woman or something, you know, or just someone trying to con money out of Jason because a look at him. The dude's working at a car dealership, right? He's not the son of some media mogul or something, you know, where he's just rolling in the dough, you know? So like, if look you're, at his roommate, <laughs> right. If you're trying to get money out of, out of somebody, it's certainly not Jason street. Um, yeah. even with that settlement, it, we, we, we know that he doesn't have a ton of money left from that. And I, I don't think she even knows about it. So I, I don't understand how you know, that would even play out, but it, just in general, I wouldn't have liked to see that. You know, I think it would have gone against everything that we'd learned about her character. Now, granted, that wasn't a whole lot, right? It, you know, we saw her for one episode. We th- felt like, okay, they have good chemistry, right? Um, they seem to enjoy each other's company. Obviously, we know what it led to, so that seemed to work out pretty well. Um, but in general, she seemed like a pretty good, nice girl. And so if they would have gone that route, it would have been, it would have felt really disingenuous. I would have hated it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So. Well, imagine what it would have been like if he'd had a one night stand with the person he was originally on the date with and this all happened. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be the worst? Well, you know, she has, well, she has some fetishes that are not something I think most people would have partake in. Not uh, so appealing to Jason. No, 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 no. I think she should consult online forums, maybe. for Herc, maybe, but not Jason. <laughs> right. You know what? Actually, I kind of believe that Herc would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I think Herc is... Roll with it. I think, I think, yeah. I think Herc is pretty much ready for in anything and up for anything, so... Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so this is a really cool uh, scene, um... It came early on in the episode. And with Jason, you know, we'll get to this because once we're done reviewing this episode, we're going to talk about the season and the things we liked and didn't like. And, uh, yeah, by the way, this is Friday Night Mike's. So before we go any further, of course, because we, we get into this conversation because we like to introduce the the episode with a scene these days because I, I think it's just nice. And sometimes it's like, did we even introduce ourselves? Maybe we didn't. <laughs> uh, so I'm Mike. This is Sarah, of course. And if you've been listening to the yeah the podcast, then you know exactly who we are. Uh, so this is, of course, the season two finale. Um, it's it's a season two finale without it ever being meant to be a season two finale because the writer strike occurred, and this was simply the last script that was done and. They were able to film the episode, and that was it. They had no more scripts. So even though this isn't really a a great ending to season two, this unfortunately is the ending they received. So At least they had this pregnancy in there to have something a bit climactic and, you know, something to make you want to come back to. And it it wasn't just like a flat episode. 
Oh, no, it wasn't. I, I thought that it was actually um, a mixed bag of it, of an episode. There's some things I like about this episode. There's some things, you know, that I, I didn't think were, were fantastic. Um, but on the whole, I, I still could see elements of what makes the show so great and veering more in that direction than I think away from that. Um, however, there are some things that probably they could have had another pass on in terms of the script to make it stronger uh, or cut out altogether even. But yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that. So <laughs> but with Jason's stuff, it, it's um, a juicy storyline, I guess, for his character. It's um, a really profound moment for him as a person it confront he confronts the possibility of fatherhood and legacy and, and what that means to a person who previously thought that that would be an unlikely possibility so from that from a character standpoint i think that's really strong stuff uh, and we see that we see his mm almost blatant disregard for the hardships to come, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's way too just, you know, overwhelmed by the fact that there's a possibility that he can be a father, and that's his entire focus, is that, you know, it's not just going to end with him, that he can have a future and you know, be a father to somebody. and He just, it overshadows all the other thinking. Right, because being a father is, it's no joke. You know, and, and we nope, know that's that that's a lifetime. It of is work. a lifetime of work. It is difficult. It is uh, a lot of sleepless nights involved. Um, a lot of a lot of tears <laughs> uh, from the child and from the parents. Um, <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's hard stuff. And yeah, look, I mean, he's nineteen years old, and she's nineteen years old. You know, neither of them are really are prepared for parenthood. Nope. So I'm 26 and I would no way be prepared right now. I can't imagine being 19 and having to take that on. Like, whoa. Yeah, precisely. So, yeah, we we have here is, you know, two people. One is actually where she should be, which is, I don't know about this. And he's on the other side saying, hey, I've already got the schools picked out. Okay. Uh, we're good to go, you know? So it's just two opposite ends of the spectrum. She's concerned, worried, scared. He's, like you said, he's so excited about the possibility of being a father that everything else is just like, man, we'll be fine. We'll be all right. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll make it work. yeah, come on. Um, yeah, those, those bubbles, they shatter pretty quickly. They pop, you know? I'm just thinking about Uncle Herc. Oh, God. Uncle Herc. <laughs> Imagine him babysitting. <laughs> yeah, that is a mistake. That would be bad. I hope we see that. The child <laughs> the child be would be taken away <laughs> because Herc is... Yeah. yeah, they go out for dinner one night. Herc's babysitting. They come home and you know, the kid's being taken away and Child Protective Services are there. Yeah, and, and, and they're asking him what happened and he's so terrified to tell him how terrible of a babysitter he really is and what danger he put the child in that uh he's silent <laughs> and our baby's not allowed to swim like, in the toilet apparently not <laughs> you know? so yeah anyway back to, to jason here i think that he's 
he's really enthusiastic and I guess we'll leave it at that. So he he goes and consults Eric. Um, there's a really great yes, there's oh, a really great scene here. Uh, as well, first of all, you know, he he has the scene where he learns, and then there's another scene where like they're sitting there just talking, you know. And she's like, "I'm scared, I'm scared." He's like, "No, no, no, this will be fine." So then he sits down with Eric, and they have this great, like you said, a great scene, and it's just fantastic. And uh, so we're gonna listen and uh, to see how that scene plays out. This was not supposed to happen. All right, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. She shouldn't be pregnant from me, but she is. And this might be my only shot, so I'm ready to be a father. And you think I'm crazy? No. Well, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. I've heard this conversation before. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's a scared kid trying to- Get out of it, that's not me. I'm, I'm not trying to get out of it, I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying to get her to listen to me and have this baby. And I, first time I talked to her, I failed miserably so first of all i don't have any magic words for you it's not for me to convince her it's for you to find those words yourself i can tell you this is going to be one of the most serious conversations probably you ever had in your life i know i can tell you that your children and the mother of your children are the two most important things in life how old are you i'm 19. how old is she She's 19. How long you known her? Not long. She's a, she's a great girl. Look, she's just she's just scared. You know, I know that, and I and I understand that, and I I just everything I know about women, you can stick in this damn coffee cup here. But I do know you have to have trust and honesty. Without trust and honesty, it is not going to work. I can't give you any answers. You got to make the answers. I know. Thank you. So, uh, if there's any kind of heart on moment for this uh, entire episode, I feel like this is kind of it, you know, uh, for me. And yeah, true that. Their scenes have always been great. You know, there's this chemistry between them that it's, it's obviously not the same as like he and Connie Britton, right? Uh, for Tammy, but they seem so e at ease with one another, you know, with these scenes, it is a good chemistry between the two actors and they're able to bring forth like these wonderful performances from one another. And it really happens in this scene. And I love the honesty, you know, he's coming to him, you know, he's not going to his father, right? He's sitting down with Eric. He's, his coach, he's saying, here's what's happening. I need your advice. And because yeah. he's not going to freak out. He's not going to lecture him. He's going to they have this bond that's very it's a mutual respect. And there's a lot of um, honor between them, I guess. Like they both see each other as equals. And that makes for the perfect you know, person to lean on when he has something serious to discuss and I, I really like seeing them talk all the time because I mean it's great oh it is fantastic and, and I love uh, Eric's line where he, he says uh, everything I know about women you can can fill this cup of coffee 
you know, and <laughs> it's a great line and it really, it's impressive. Most guys won't admit to knowing so little, you know, and. <laughs> well, women are just big cups of crazy, so. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't say it, you did. <laughs> You're like I'm not getting in trouble. <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble on this one, <laughs> uh, but it's you know it's smart and it shows that Eric is you know a fairly mature adult. Kind of, we'll point to other <laughs> instances in this episode where he's not so mature. Um, but yeah, it, it it's nice that he gives Jason what little advice he can. He's like, I can't give give you some magical advice. I can't fix the situation it's it's just here's what i'm gonna tell you and what you need to be aware of and you know I, good luck you know that's really all you can do in a situation like this you can't just like well this is the path you need to go it's i'm going to confront you with some realities i'm going to maybe toss in a few um this is what i would do kind of things but that's about it and uh, good luck and hopefully things work out so yeah <laughs> you know but he leaves this and uh he he's not deterred he he decides he wants to have his kid and then he has to can, can. <laughs> not just look at it how he would you know approach this it's how like she has to be feeling and he has to put himself in her shoes and appeal to that side and those emotions that she's feeling to really help her see that this is the right thing to do and that he'll be there for her and that he's not just going to flake. She doesn't have to worry about that. That's not who he is. And just kind of help ease some of the the worries she has. Well, she doesn't know who he is. These are two people that just... Exactly. It's a one Right. They sad. just met. They, they don't know each other at all. I mean, at all. Uh... There are two people who slept together because they maybe had a good chemistry and things were going well and that for a night that was great, but they don't know one another and that's a much longer journey. And if you toss a kid into that mix, honestly, in a situation like this with the way things happened with like a one night stand and I'm pregnant and... You know, if if you decide to have the kid and and try to stay together, I mean, the the likelihood that two people in that situation would be able to make it work, like actually flourish, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not high. It's not high. It's like maybe ten percent. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough road to walk. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, big stuff for for Jason. We'll have to see how this plays out. So, uh. I hope that they don't go the dramatic route where she gets an abortion by his back or miscarriage. I'd like to see this carry through because I'm interested. I want to see what Jason would be like as a father, and I don't want his hopes and dreams to come crashing down on him. As always. <laughs> and right? Like, he's had such a bad lot. Like, this is like something he wants so badly and there's this glimmer of hope for his future and carrying on his line i mean it's really nice to see in jason yeah it is it is nice to see it really is um so let's move on to uh some other characters here uh man what, what do you want to who do you want to talk about next you know i'm actually gonna ask you who do you want to talk about 
Well, there's a couple big characters I do want to talk about, but let's just get some of the small stuff out of the way. Like, we see Landry and Tyra holding hands at school publicly, bringing their relationship into the spotlight, which is really nice. And I'm sure you were smiling at that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'm like... Her top was way too revealing. Her boobs were like half out. I'm like, okay, this is school. Somebody would have put a sweater on you by now. Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, especially in Texas. I mean, the the honestly, for the most part, the pretty I think conservative down there. Uh, I think that that probably wouldn't have been something that would have worked, and uh, she would have been hauled off to the <laughs> to the principal's office or something. Um. Yeah, in my school, you couldn't wear spaghetti straps. You get like beaten with a textbook just for doing oh. that. I couldn't imagine what would happen if you wore something like right. that. I'm sure you'd be flayed in an inch of your right. life. Um. <laughs> they bring back the ruler. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is nice. It's nice to see Tyra's not um, feeling self-conscious. She doesn't care what other people think. She's proud to be Landry's girlfriend. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love that Landry seems profoundly smart and level-headed when he's talking to Tyra about serious stuff, but then he talks to Matt, and he sounds like a complete idiot all over again. It's like his idiotness just comes out when Matt's around, (laughs) when he's trying to be like, you know, me and Tyra, like, we, you know, we have this chemistry that, you know, I just don't have with this other girl, and, and Matt's just kind of being like... You just kind of tossed her this other girl aside and playing to that you know you're kind of being a little heartless there and shining a bit of light on that but and Landry just sounds like such a typical guy talking to Matt yeah he, he does um I will say this though I really miss this this season this this thing between Landry and and uh and Matt, yeah, I just it's just this Matt. thing that they have, this you know, yeah. best friends, and and you know that it's one of those things. I don't, I don't think people realize the ecosystem that exists within a TV show, and how delicate that ecosystem is. And I'm going to get into this later on because we're going to talk about the whole season. But you know, there are certain things that become really big strong points for a show and when you take them away if you can't replace them with something equally compelling it hurts (laughs) and that exists on a show like this and one of those elements is the the matt and uh landry relationship that exists They're, they're friends and they're hilarious because one of the other is is usually giving bad advice usually it's landry giving matt bad advice or whatever and it's just it's just funny. It it adds an element of hilarity to the show, which is wonderful. It's just a nice little ingredient that kind of shakes up other elements within the show. I mean, there's drama and all this other stuff that's happening, but then you see a scene where <laughs> Landry's telling Matt to, you know, buy, I don't know, um, some thing for Jolie or something. And it's just like the wrong thing. Like you do, nobody would buy this if they were smart enough. You know, nobody would do this. Yeah. Or, 
Or like when you know, before him and Tyra had you know dated or killed anybody, and he's trying to put the moves on her, and you know talking all smart to Matt about you know what she would like and all this kind of stuff, and Matt's just like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a, a good, good dynamic, dynamic. And, and it's nice to see that in this episode. You know, like, oh, we're bringing this back. Cool. Oh, great. Well, season's over. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I hope it continues. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to find out if it actually right. does continue, or if this is just like a one-off episode, you know, to bring this uh, kind of thing back. Yeah, I do like seeing it, because it's, it's something that started off from the very first episode, and him and Matt Landry being best friends, I don't like seeing them pulled apart. I mean, yeah, they have their dramas, but it's fun to see them together. And I mean, if he gets back together with Julie, you know, their girlfriends are best friends, and then they can just go on double dates, and everyone will be happy, and there'll be no more drama. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone's gonna be happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, <gasps> it's uh, cool to see that Landry was also in the football game, and he he actually made a couple big plays, which was which was fun to to see. You know, he was like, oh, he's actually int- instrumental in, you know, this win. And so Matt that was pretty cool. And put him in that position to be the star and yep. get a touchdown and show off to Tyra. Yep. Yeah, which, which really is cool. great. Yeah. Yeah, it was really great. Um, so let's talk about, I'm trying to think of it, Riggins. Riggins. Let's talk about Riggins in this he's episode. so persistent. He is, I'll give him this, he's got some dedication here, yeah, you know, truly. You, you, he must really like her because otherwise of all the people in this show, the last person that would buckle down on anything would be Tim Riggins. If so. he put half that energy into his studies that he does to stalking Lila, he'd be a straight A student. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's a fair point. He is, <laughs> he is kind of stalking, isn't he? Just a tad. Uh, just a little bit. Uh, I do like that he started a radio show. <laughs> yeah, that he's actually, you know, <laughs> trying to sneak in there and and that he's so popular that they don't want to get rid of him. And it's just like, stop seeping into my life. And he barely gets any phone calls regarding football. It's all girls like, you're so hot. And <laughs> I, I, do you want to, can I give you my number? And, you know. <laughs> They're like, bye, crazy. You've been hung yeah. up on. Ugh, <laughs> Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, so there's a level of persistence here and you've got floppy haired boyfriend. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Um, What's his know. name? I can't think of his name. Uh, it's God, how much he, we like him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not a reflection on the actor. It's not. Yeah, the it, actor's good. We like the actor, but. It's just, it's not the, the character is just, no, no. Yeah. Definitely not. He gets a haircut, maybe we'll pay more attention to him, but until oh, then. Look, looks like a serial killer. Seriously. Uh, like, he does. looks like... You know what? He kind of looks like Dexter. He has, like, Dexter Morgan's uh, hair from, like, the first season of Dexter. If it, if it, if if his hair was the same, like... Well, it's not the same color, but it's the same style. Like, Dexter had that kind of, like, very flat, you know, matted down kind of yeah. look, and... Yeah, it's a little creepy. And with the church <laughs> aspect, it just makes it kind of like child molestery, <laughs> you know? Right. That's what I feel like. He looks like that's the, what he does in his spare time. Don't leave your children. Right. Good. Um, 
Yeah, so so this actually brings up some some tempers between or I mean some tempers flare I mean between both you know Tim and this in in him because he's like he knows what's going on he's smart you know he knows what Tim is trying to do right if he just sticks around just keeps being there in front of Tyra or Tyra Lila <laughs> uh, that that this will pay off you know that. Just by being around, it will cause drama, which will cause them to break up, which is the point where he'll swoop in and use his charm. Which I um, think is going to work. Well, that's a possibility. Because of what but, happens at his parents' house. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to talk about that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah, well, there's that scene where he goes in and he talks to, to Riggins after the radio show, and he's like, I know what you're doing. You know, I... I you're just you're trying to get under my skin, and he is actually. He's like he's acknowledging what's actually happening. You know, like Tim is getting under his skin, despite the fact that it's a popular radio show and all that stuff. At the same time, Tim's actually going about things in a pretty smart way, smarter than I would have given him credit for. Right? It's yeah. Just, Tim doesn't seem like he's somebody that goes at something, you know, full force. Not somebody who actually thinks about how to get around and into something. He'll just barrel into a problem and figure out the pro- figure out the mess later. But this is something he's actually being sneaky and smart, and it's impressive for Riggins. It is impressive. So let's talk about that scene. Uh, so you have Lila, and um, I I gotta figure out what his name is. <laughs> he's just driving it up a wall. What is his name? Uh, <laughs> Matt Zuckery. <laughs> we know the actor's name, but that's about it. Excuse this interlude while we figure this out. Good thing he doesn't have much of a list. Let's see. He is... Chris Kennedy. Really? His name's Chris? That does not oh, work says. for him. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's so unmemorable <laughs> that I don't even believe that's his name. It's <laughs> right? so boring. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you, so you don't hear his name being said throughout the, the show really you know but anyway um so sorry about that well we <laughs> checked to see what his name was because he, yeah, he's the he's male like, jackie yeah he's he's the male jackie i think we said that before mm-hmm. he's so unmemorable that uh I, I, I don't even care to remember his name <laughs> um so anyway lila and and chris oh, i can't believe it's his name uh they're <laughs> they're in her bedroom right and Let's talk about his family first. This is a okay, cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the freakiest looking people I've ever seen. Because they all have the same hair color. They all look like the mother. All the girls. Even he yeah. looks like the mother with the blonde hair. And it's just like... I don't know. It looks like they might they're ah, incestuous kind of family. Kind of deal. They're the yeah. new Lannisters. They're so creepy. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. And just the way they interact with each other, it it 
odd. Yeah, like, and Lila, like, she's sitting there, like, and she's being polite and everything, but I feel like you can see that she just wants to get the hell out of there. Like, these people are weird. They're nice, but they're really weird. Like, something dark has to be happening in this family. There's got to be, like, a dungeon downstairs where they keep the girls, you know? <laughs> right, they let them out for, like, the dinners that they host or something. Right. And they have to... Yeah, it but wouldn't like, surprise um, me. Uh, Trinity Killer's family. That's what I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where like it appeared all like great and wonderful. And then, you know, once Dexter got in to, in to see the inner workings of the family, that's when we saw the crazy. It's super you know, crazy. Super crazy. Um, so they go up to, I guess it would be his room. And... Uh, is it his room or they go to her room? I cannot remember. It looks like a guest room. I don't know. Guest room? Okay. So anyway, um, they go up and it appears like they're like you know on the verge here uh, of moving certainly to the next level, I think. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's nice to see kind of a reversal here, right? Where it's Lily who's the aggressor sexually <laughs> and not the guy. Uh, she's um, kind of known for that. I mean, she came on to Riggins. <laughs> right, right. But in general, usually it's it, that's not the way it goes. The male, it's usually the guy. Yeah. yeah. But in this instance, she's the aggressor, and he's the one that's like, mm, "We should probably stop here. I should, I should probably leave." But really, out go, of the two of them, he's more female than she is. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like. I mean, you could see he wants to, but he's just like, "I can't. It wouldn't be right." Da da da. All that stuff, and. And to me, this is where I the beginning of the season we talked about how Lila we thought that her transformation was a, a penance, a facade, uh, to a certain degree. Like did it, it, at times she came to believe it, or maybe she did in time change for real, or at least enough, you know, but that initially it was like a penance for her. Like, I need to be a good person. I did some terrible things last year, and so I need to just... I need to, like, get the, like, scourge this... this like the scourge is on me, and I need to wash it away and get it out of here and, like, cleanse myself. Yeah. You know? So... And in, I'm not saying that this is... Oh, look at this sign, but... You know, this is the this this is a Lila who has you know slept with Riggins, slept with Jason, um, <laughs> and someone who in this instant isn't thinking I shouldn't do this. This wouldn't be right. Uh, she's thinking this is what I want. And is that is this a sign to you that that maybe do you think she's kind of deep down, maybe on a subconscious level, just thinking. I just, I kind of want to just, I want to do this, <laughs> regardless of the, the the implications or or anything. Yeah, you know? I don't think she's ever been in the position where if she wanted to have sex, that somebody would tell no to her. It's always been available to her. If she was in the mood and she wanted to go for it, it wasn't a problem. It was always available to her. But to be in that mood and have someone not go for it, that's not normal to her i mean somebody doesn't just do that when you're lila garrity 
right? And it's it's fair to assume, although I can't say for sure, but it's fair to assume. I think it's been some time. You know, I think it's, you know, I don't think she's been with anybody in probably since, well, since Riggins, really. Yeah, since good nine, ten months. Right. If, yeah. And, yeah. So, anyway. um, Interesting way for that to end, uh, that scene. Um, And so, we kind of see a little bit of a hint of maybe lack of satisfaction, dissatisfaction. (laughs) In that moment, which I understand just on the level of, hey, I want to have sex, and then you just said no, so, I gotta know. think, too, he's gotta be a virgin. Like ha- I, I would imagine. I would, right? I have, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I would break the whole, like, waiting for marriage thing for Lila Garrity, but I wouldn't do it in my parents' house. <laughs> true. That, I can understand yeah. that part. Yeah, that w- that's true. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, Smash. Um, ah, yes. This is another big storyline. Um, so we've seen Smash undergo significant changes in the, just the last five or six episodes of the season. We've seen him go from someone who has committed to one of the biggest colleges in the country uh, to having a scholarship revoked. And, and now, in this episode... He's entertaining the possibility of playing like arena football, uh, which would be a huge come down, like come down from from where he wanted to be. And also, he entertains the possibility, and then you know ultimately accepts at Whitmore. So this is pretty big stuff. And and we see initially, you know, he goes in, he sits and talks to Eric, and Eric, you know, says, "Hey, you know, what are you doing this weekend?" You know. And Smash tries to kind of put up a little bit of like, ah, oh, we don't need to go there. Um, you know, I, eh, you know, he's he's just trying to shake this whole thing off. And Eric rightly says, hey, look, what do you what do you got planned? Like, <laughs> you got things to do. I mean, come on, you know. So he kind of drags Smash, you know, down to Whitmore, you know, and it, it the results are really great. So. Uh, Listen to this scene and how it all plays out. That thing's pretty wide open, West Coast offense. Yeah, that's what they call it now. No offense to Coach Wall, God rest him. But we were running that down here 10 years before he was. Speed and quickness, that's what we're looking for. Yes, sir. We don't have the size, but we got the heart. And a guy like you, see the field and make his cuts, that's exactly what we need. What? I told you, Coach, here six years ago that I thought you were the complete package, mentally and physically. Wait, six years ago? Oh, yeah, I saw you run in seventh grade, son, and eighth grade. And your freshman year when you went from JV to varsity after that Arnett Mead game. And old Taylor here comes along, looking at that Dylan job, and I said to him, Brian Williams. Brian Williams is going to be a star. He'll make you one, too. You're right. Congratulations. Truth is, Williams, I didn't think we had a shot at you. And if you want to keep looking, we won't take it personal. And I say we, us, we're one big family here. You let us know something, okay? I want to thank you for coming down. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Coach. 
Uh, Coach Deeks. I'd like to make my official verbal commitment to play for Whitmore University, sir. You want to play ball with us? Fine. Go on over and meet some of the fellas. Okay, man, bring it in. Okay, man, this is Brian Williams. He's going to be joining us soon. He's going to be part of our family now. We want to make him feel welcome. Okay, so, you know, you have Smash. He's not interested. You can just tell on his face. He's just, he's there as in, like, this is what Coach wanted me to do. I'm here. But, he's entertaining the coach. Right. But you can see on his face, he's looking around. He's seeing this tiny little stadium, probably barely seats, you know, 10,000 people, 15,000 people at most. Um, it, it, and the the team was two and eight last year. It's just it it is definitely not TMU. It's not Alabama. It's not any of the major colleges that he was entertaining the possibility of you know committing to. And uh, ultimately, though, you know, the guy says, "Hey, look, I I told I told hey, you know, coach that you know when you were in seventh grade, eighth grade, that guy's going to be a star." And you know, it makes an impression on Smash, and he commits to playing for Whitmore, as you as you heard in that scene. So, what did you think of this whole thing? I mean, how when you this scene played out, what were your thoughts? Well, I do like that. Yeah, it, for Smash, he always wants to be you know the star and the center of attention. Here, he's gonna get it, but it's also sad at the same time because it, it's him actually. F- letting go of you know his big dreams and settling for this school that's going to accept him and it's a really hard thing to watch him do because he it's a good thing because you know he's going to get a great education and if he doesn't get to pursue football he has something to fall back on you know he doesn't have to just do football but it's bittersweet you know it's a good thing for him but for him i think he's pretty upset about it too that this is where he has to go and i kind of feel that both like he i think he likes the idea of having a family more than just team but it's certainly not what he expected yeah you know if you go back to the beginning of this episode he he went with uh, noelle and she pushed him to go you know talk to alabama head coach um, you know, to convince him that he was ready to go and that if they gave him a chance, he wouldn't let them down, all that stuff. I don't give credit to Smash. I mean, he really laid out his case and really tried to convince him, but the Alabama coach was like, hey, look, we don't want people that come crawling back to us after, you know, they spurned us for another college, and now all of a sudden that college drops you, and now what? You, you now want to, you now all of a sudden really want to join Alabama. You know, like, like he says, you know, we don't play second fiddle to anybody. And that pretty much ends that whole, that whole possibility right there. And I think it, for Smash, it's kind of like the nail in the coffin for him, at least in his mind, uh, which is why he begins like entertaining the possibility of, you know, arena football. And, of course, you know, for Smash, it's all about his family. He wants to provide for his mom and his sisters. He puts a lot of pressure on himself because he wants to give them a good life. And the idea of signing with or committing to Whitmore, 
Like to him, that's just like playing for I don't know little a, league, little league team, you know, little league baseball team when you should <laughs> right. be playing for you know the minor leagues or the the majors or something. Or no, that's what it is. It's like no, that's what it is. It's playing for the minor leagues at, when you know you should be playing in the major leagues. And yeah. Uh, yeah, big come down, a big humbling moment. This has all been a humbling experience for him. You know, somebody that rose and really rose to the top and flew so high and all of a sudden he's humbled. He has to be because what happened, regardless of whether it was fair or not, changed everything for him. And uh, his situation is so much different now than it was, you know, three, four episodes ago. Yeah, exactly. But at least he still has somebody that'll take him and some future to look forward to. He just he doesn't have to, you know, keep flipping burgers and that's not his going to be his future. At least there's still some hope for him. Yeah, there and is. Like some they hope. said too, he can always transfer later on when somebody still wants him. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's not his future isn't over there's that scene with his mom i mean you can still see he's laying in bed and he's he's still thinking about all the possibilities that have gone to the wayside and his mom comes in and she just tells him that you know she loves him wants him to be happy and then she cheers him up by telling him that you know she made his favorite dessert <laughs> so you know i love like her so a, much i know she's so wonderful she's and such a know, good mom she is and you see that little smile come on his face like he can't help but be excited and happy by the possibility <laughs> of that dessert he loves so much. So he, you know, gets ready and heads down. And so that's uh, how we see kind of that play out for Smash. And that's kind of how he ends uh, this season. Um, all right. So let's jump into the Taylors. <laughs> so, Interesting episode for them. Right. So they have, well... <laughs> So, so the guy that that they end up, you know, spending time with, Mo he's, or whatever. yeah, he is actually the the what, creator of the show. The is that producer. Peter Berg? Yeah. Peter Berg. Yeah, <laughs> That's he's hilarious. also yeah, he's also a director. He directed the movie. So huh. yeah, so um, you know, he he just directed a movie came out this past year. It was about the Bo- the Boston bombings um that one it was actually pretty well received um i think critically and so yeah anyway you know he's a pretty good director and he's a good producer and you know and you know he's pretty decent actor too you know he can play douchey really well right and he does a good job with it i I mean i heard in real life he's actually a pretty nice guy but he does a good job here playing you know mo and um you just see this jealousy erupt in Eric, you know, the whole episode. And I love how you take Eric, who is normally so mature, you know, so level-headed for the most part. He's got his moments. But for the most part, you know, he's a pretty mature guy. And yet a few shots of whiskey and these two are wrestling on the floor, <laughs> you it know. It has to be more than a few shots of whiskey because when they started drinking, the restaurant was full. And when we see them next... The place is emptying, and they're putting chairs on the table, and they're still drinking. Fair point. Okay, fair point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, 
and that bottle's almost gone. <laughs> yeah, so they have had more than a few shots, but you know, but they're they're wrestling on the ground, and they're just it's just it's not pretty. Tammy's like, really, really, this is what I got to deal with. Fine, hey, I'll it's see you so at home. High school, like it this is, is what Tim Riggins would do to Jason Street over Lila. <laughs> right. It it's it you know reduces Eric to. Uh, the maturity level of somebody significantly younger and it's funny in its own way sad but also funny just because this is so totally opposite of his character you know whereas moe's been carrying a torch for tammy for you know 15 years or longer so yeah like really harboring some repressed feelings there like holy moly i know she's amazing but dude <laughs> go out on a few more dates find another chick right yeah it's it's interesting and we keep seeing this th- these three bump into one another throughout the episode i mean first mo bumps into tammy and then there's that whole benefit thing that they go to um and then you know he goes to the football game and sits with Tammy. So and that, holds psh, Gracie. I holds would, Gracie. If I was Eric, that's when I would have flipped my shit. Like I don't care. I I trust my wife and I love my wife. I know she ain't gonna do anything. But to touch my kid, you're going yep. down. <laughs> right. So yeah. Anyway, um, that happens, and then you know we get this whole dinner thing here. And uh, that doesn't end the episode because <laughs> I love how Tammy and Julie go in to wake up, you know, Eric the next morning and they're being extra loud, like <laughs> screaming. I mean, it sounds like screaming. They're just talking loudly uh, just because, you know, especially Tammy. She's like, you're not getting any sympathy from me. You were a stupid idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I was protecting your mother's honor. It's like he was being an idiot. <laughs> uh. He's like, can you give me some aspirin? He's like, you can get it yourself. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's excellent stuff. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, it's a light storyline. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It was meant to be... It was spe- It was meant to be lighter. I think there's some big stuff going on in this episode. They wanted a counterbalance, I think, to you know the pregnant storyline with Jason and all the drama going on with with Lila and Riggins and uh, Chris, uh, all that stuff. So I think that that was kind of an important thing, to be honest with you, was to find a kind of light, fluffy storyline to kind of laugh at the absurd, the absurdity of it, I guess, or the yeah kind of melodrama hilarity of that aspect of the storyline that we saw play out so yeah. i still think um, that's funny that that was peter berg i mean you never see like the director put himself into an episode that's weird yeah i don't think it's the last time we see him too so I could really? be wrong. yeah huh? yeah exactly mm. I think that's well, everything. Though. I think that's everything. So why don't we why don't we wrap up our review here? So why don't we just go into the grade? So, uh, all right. For me, I, I mean, I like this episode overall. I I thought that there was some strong stuff here. Uh, the Jason stuff was pretty good. Um, I, I liked um, the the Landry and Tyra stuff. It was just nice to see. Just because it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, I guess I like I like the Tammy 
uh, in Eric's storyline with Mo. I just in that it was kind of funny and in inconsequential on the whole. Uh, the downside is Chris. He's just <laughs> he is what he is. Uh, don't like his character. Even um, now, it took me a second to be like, "Who the hell's Chris?" Oh, right. We just had this conversation. Right. <laughs> we just had this conversation. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I don't think this is the strongest episode by any stretch, but I think it's a solid episode. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a, a B. That's fair. Um, yeah, I definitely like this episode. It's just, you know, it's not, except for the pregnancy stuff, it's not a very serious episode. Just, it, we, Smash gets his future determined, you know, we're progressing with that story. There's this light fluff with, you know, Tammy and Eric and Mo. Uh, it's cute and funny. Uh, nothing to do with the story, really. And But nice to see Matt, or not Matt, um, Landry and Tyra, and also Landry and Matt talking again. Like, now that he's back with Tyra, he's back together with Matt as well. <laughs> so it's nice to see. Um... I like that Smash at least has a future. It was nice to see. Um, I'm gonna give it a B plus. I like. I did. Now that I know that this wasn't meant to be the season finale, I like it a little better than thinking if this was like predetermined. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But That's yeah, fair. B plus. Uh, okay, so let's talk uh, briefly about season two as a whole because we're going to to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. We're going to give our grade for the season. Um, so let's let's get into that. So I think we can both start out uh, by agreeing that season two is not as strong as season one. No. no. And I hope it's the weakest of all the seasons because if it doesn't get better. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to just to, to alleviate some of your stress. Uh, it does get better. In that this is the weakest season, at least in my opinion, and I'm I'm only telling yeah I'm only telling you this I'm not giving anything away I'm just I'm telling you that after this season it gets back to what we love so much. Good. Happy in to fact, hear that. season three is I I believe if I remember correctly I think exceptionally strong. So. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see if they take a time jump or if they're going to pick right off because we don't know if they go to state. None of that is determined at all. And right. Well, you're not going to find that out until the you know the next episode, which will be season three, episode one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what did I like and then dislike about this season? Let me start with the dislikes, just because we might as well just go right to it. Uh, a lot of the those. murder. Uh, the, the murder is is unfortunately the murder hung over this entire season or most of this season really. It. It forced the dynamics of the show to change considerably. I'm positive. I mean, as positive as I know the sun will rise tomorrow, that <laughs> most of the the problems that we encountered in this season was studio interference. That's pretty much guarantee, at least in my in my opinion, because I think what happened here is the ratings for season one weren't great, and the network. Right, they wanted they ABC. They wanted uh, to increase the ratings, and so I think they they told the writers, "We need you to inject more drama. We need we need more big stuff to happen." You know, like 
they would see on other shows, other teen shows. That's what they wanted because they wanted big, juicy storylines that could get yeah. the the interest peaked and get the ratings up and all that stuff. The problem is, is that's not Friday Night Lights. You yeah, know, exactly. and the, the drama that we see is drama from everyday life, from situations, from organic situations uh, that arise in relationships and uh, people's personal lives, all that stuff. That's what the show is about. It's what it was about in season one. And yeah, yeah, there were some juicy things that happened, but it all felt like it flowed from a place of character. And, and there was depth to there it. was depth to it uh, the problem is um, if you take the murder storyline in season two here it it changed the dynamics so significantly for the season it took so, it took so much time away from other storylines that I felt got short shrift because they needed to devote so much time to the aftermath and then the writers are like oh shit we made a huge mistake. We can't just brush this under the rug in like one episode. We've got to just follow this, let this play out at least long enough till we can get rid of it and do it as much justice as we can. And I think they did that as well as they could for the most part. Yeah, I was like, oh, let's get through this so we can move on with our lives. Right, but the problem is, like I said, they there was too much drama with a capital D. That's the problem with season two. And we saw that in multiple storylines. We saw uh, Carlota. We know uh, how that uh, played out and how much we hated that. The Swede. Swede. I mean, the Swede, you know, I I didn't have really much of a problem with that. I actually thought that was pretty good storyline, only in that I did actually feel when it came to Julie that – this was something I felt like might happen after you've been dating somebody for, you know, especially at that age, you, you might yeah. find some older guy that you're attracted to and, you know, question if you want to be in this relationship anymore. And, and I actually liked how that played out, but I think that there was just too many instances in which they were trying to mine so much drama and, and make things appear juicier than they were. And, like I said, it was. It's not the spirit of Friday Night Lights. It's not what made the show great. And yes, there were some. Still, there were some really, really great moments this season. Um, I love Tyra's kind of push forward to like the center of the show, more towards the center and not just a side character. Um, yeah, I like that. I liked, as always, the dynamic between you know Eric and Tammy. Um, I. I don't know. There's a, there's there's other stuff there too. I'm just it's nothing. I mean, I, I like Smash's storyline. I, I like to see I like to see over the course of the season how he went kind of self centered at the beginning. Oh, I'm the big guy on campus now. To this moment where he's now in a college setting, committed to a college that he never would have given a sniff at two months earlier. So yeah. I like his storyline. I like how that played out uh, this season. Um, honestly, if I have to grade this season, uh, I think I believe I gave it a plus. I believe to season one. <laughs> yeah. uh, boy, um, I gotta. 
I gotta give it. <laughs> I gotta give it a B minus. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think. Um, it was yeah, either going to be a B to... or a B minus. It wasn't going to be any higher than a B. Yeah, there's a lot to not like in the second season. I mean, like Ferret Guy, he was just ridiculous. Carlotta, just terrible, and you know we don't get to see enough of our core uh, core characters, and they're fleshed out too many side characters that you don't get to know them at all and it just uh takes away from our main characters and just kind of watered down the entire season and and it it sucks also that the writer strike was going on and that wasn't helping but yeah i i pretty much agree with everything you said my rating is a c plus okay okay (laughs) Man, well, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I honestly, uh, I can honestly say that I believe season three is uh, significantly better. Um, I think what happened was I think season two was was so not them that when they ultimately got the opportunity to come back, when they got the renewal, I think, they, I don't want to say they kind of gave the bird to the network, but for all intents and purposes, they gave the bird to the network and said, screw you guys. We're gonna just going to make the show that we want to make. You know, if you have a problem with it, then don't, you know, fund us. You know, don't bring us back. Yeah, just stand yeah. firm. Yep. And I think they did that. And so I think you'll be much happier with season three. Much happier. <laughs> so. As long as um, Chris, <laughs> took me a minute there, it doesn't stick around, I'll be happy. We'll see. uh okay um well i think that's it for season two uh friday night lights uh because it's a shortened season but uh all the seasons moving forward are going to be like that i believe remember correctly a little more concentrated i think so i think i think season three is also 16 i think it's 16 episodes i probably should check on that but i think i think it (laughs) i think it is only 16 episodes um but we should probably make this announcement now, just so everyone's aware. So next week, there will not be an episode of Friday Night Lights. The reason being, uh, American Gods comes out this Sunday. And uh, that is going to, we've been, you know, preparing for this episode for a year. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, literally. We literally, yeah, we literally need like all the time that we have for a couple of days after it airs on Sunday, Sunday night. You should check it out. It's really good. Um, well, I can't say it's really good. I haven't watched it, but we have high hopes. We have high hopes. So, uh, we're going to be doing our podcast, of course, on Tuesday night. We record two episodes. We record, uh, this, of course, and then also American Gods. So we need all this time to go just to this episode. So there'll be a week off with Friday Night Lights. Then the week after, we'll be back, uh, ready and better than ever for season three, episode one, and we'll, of course, keep going with the show. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's the only announcement that I want to make. So, Sarah, uh, how can they get a hold of us? How can they contact us? How can they send in feedback? All that good stuff. Uh, you can do so by going to uh, or sending emails to uh, freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. Uh, we're out on Twitter, at freakgeeksmedia. 
um, as well as our personal Twitters at Throws and at Michael underscore Lanik. Guess who's is who's. Um, there's also Patreon, patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks, where we have other content and subscriber levels with like loot crates and all kinds of goodies that, you know, we send out. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that caps it. Yeah, I think that's everything they need to know. All right, everybody. Uh, that's it for this episode of Friday Night Mics. Uh, hope you had a, a fun time joining us this season. Uh, I think we can all agree it maybe wasn't the best season of Friday Night Lights. Uh, however, at the same time, had great moments. Uh, so we'll start up uh, season three in two weeks. So until then, have a good one, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Uh, motto. No. <laughs> ah, fine. All right. God, yeah, I know. She she just drives me back in to make sure the motto is is you know smoking. All right. Well, somebody keeps forgetting. Right, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so true. All right. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Good night.